0: Welcome to the Manufacturing Masters Podcast with your host, Allison DeFort.
1: You ever feel like you've been labeled and really not seen? And what do I mean by that? Well, has anybody ever interviewed you and decided instantly that you were too young or too old or too female if you will. Today's episode is with my badass, cooler little sister, Megan Zimba. And we get into a really good discussion about labeling and assuming, because it's still incredibly pervasive in in manufacturing, and how it feels to be on both sides of the fence. And how we can all become more mindful and better at not doing it or how we react if it does happen. This is a powerful episode and I'm excited for you to tune in. There's going to be a couple spin off episodes just so you know. But one thing I want to let you know if you're not familiar with Megan, she's the owner and copywriter. At Z Inc. Solutions. She's an amazing technical writer and she's also the host of Mavens of Manufacturing. It is a live video broadcast that celebrates powerful women who are changing the world through manufacturing. She's also one of our resident experts on the Manufacturing Masters platform. And as I mentioned, she's my honorary badass little cooler sister. So, everybody, We've got an amazing episode for you today. Thank you for investing some time in yourself and your business. Everybody, here we grow. Today, everyone, look who we have with us. And if you're not watching this but listening, I will tell you, it is my cooler little sister, Megan Zimba, She's not really my sister but it feels like it. So Megan think I want to be. <laughs> uh, thank you for coming back. She was yes. one of our first guests. And there's just so much that's happened with you this year and so much that's happening with the topic of women in manufacturing that we had to have you back.
0: Thank you. Sorry. I'm super excited and I definitely want to be your sister because <laughs> you're just cool. So <laughs> Well, and decided, <laughs> I'm adding another,
1: um, what's a, a adjective to your title, because okay. you and I share a lot of things this year. We've both gone through a divorce. We mm-hmm. both have kids. Yours are younger. Mine are a little older. And we've both had a lot of changes, I think, and tried some new things and had some new adventures in the industry. So I've decided that you are now and forever my badass, cooler little sister. Ah, I'll take it. What do
0: you think? (laughs) I love it. I'll take it. It's funny because I was just on the phone with someone and they're like, you sound different. I'm like, huh? And they're like, you just sound more confident and happier and fun. And I'm like, I've always been a fun person. They're like, no, no, no. Like you are going through some things and there's just a different in your your voice. So I'm super excited for next year and. Uh, fingers crossed that no other major life changes happen next year. I'm with you.
1: I'm with (laughs) you. And I would agree with that person because, um, you know, for you listening, Megan is also an expert, one of our experts on the manufacturing masters platform. And I have to tell you, since you recorded your videos, Mm
0: -hmm. I
1: have seen you blossom with confidence with your voice with your um i don't know like with your energy and your flow and that's exciting to me i love seeing people just grow and thrive
0: thank so you i, I can't wait that. it's, can't it's wait funny because I look I look at the the pictures from that because um when they when Vince first reached out to me, I mentioned my friend Ian Stork and he was the one that actually did the the video recording for that. And uh if you look at the pictures, like I'm a lot chunkier too. <laughs> so I like lost a little bit of weight and I was just like, Yeah, sorry, and I don't got not, not the double chin thing going on anywhere. So I was super excited about that.
1: <laughs> well that that kind of, <laughs> of coincides with our topic today. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I think the first thing we want to do here Mm -hmm. is we want to bust a myth. Yeah. We want to bust a myth on people like to call you an influencer and you don't like that word. We really don't. I want you to tell people why I think this is really important.
0: So I'm not saying that if, influencers are bad. But when I think of the word influencer, immediately I go to the Kardashians because my daughter's obsessed with them. And I mean, I'm not saying that they're bad people, but basically an influencer is just someone that kind of entices people to buy brands and they they really get paid for just showing up and putting on a brand where I've been writing for manufacturing since 2008. And because I've kind of always been in the background of things like uh, when I started out in the media publication industry, yes, a lot of my articles had my name on it. But after that whole situation, when I started working for other companies, it was kind of like me being their property. So I didn't have a lot of bylines on the, the content that I was writing. It was either like the executive or it was the company as a whole. And I have a lot of clients too, where I'm doing a lot of ghostwriting. So um, when I started Namins, my name kind of disappeared from the rest of the industry. Like there's some people who are in uh, product design in the wireless industry that remember me from 2008. So when they see me now, they're like, oh my gosh, you grew so much. But um, I have a lot of knowledge about the sector and I have a lot of experience and I even have a master's degree in technical writing. So I am a knowledge Expert, like I, I'm a thought leader. I know how to put things together and come up with really good writing. So when people are like, "You're an influencer," we're not going to take you seriously. It, it just bothers me because I've worked so hard, yeah, to like get my master's degree. Like it was tough. I was a single mom with my daughter. I was working full time and I was going to college full time and I was traveling between three cities going to bed at like eleven o'clock at night and then waking up at 4 o'clock in the morning to just start it all over again. And it was just this never ending cycle. So when people are just like, you're an influencer, I'm like, no, I'm so much more than that. Please right. recognize <laughs> what I've done because it was hard work and I'm I'm very proud of it. So um I'm I'm okay with influencing people, but I hope right. that I'm doing it with the knowledge that I have. Um, through the stories that I'm um, showcasing not just on Mavens but in one-on-one conversations too because I really try to connect people with other people Mm -hmm. and bridge those gaps and I just love networking and socializing I think um, everyone has a unique story and it's really interesting to learn where they come from and what makes them tick and excited and happy and angry and even frustrated like I I love Following people around and asking them questions. Um, a lot of people are like, "You have no filter," because I'll ask questions that Me I probably either. shouldn't. Yeah, <laughs> I probably shouldn't ask a lot of the questions that I have because you probably should know someone for years before asking those type of uh, questions. But I just am like, "No, I'm going to ask everything" because I'm so curious about things.
1: <laughs> and it's also why we're semi-related. I mean, right. <laughs> it's just obvious. So, and and what you just said, thus. <laughs> the badassery right everybody got that right you're you watching and listening i i think that's beautiful what you just said and and it ties in with of course this perfect segue of what we're going to talk about today now we actually tried to record this yesterday and i feel like the universe intervened through spectrum internet and said no (laughs) You need to stop. You need to do something different.
0: It's and not good enough. <laughs> no, really?
1: no. I I feel like I feel like we're looking beyond. One of my yep. favorite movies in the whole world is Hidden Figures. And when Kevin Costner is sitting in his office with Taraji P. Henson and he says, We've got to look beyond.
0: From and women. I
1: feel like from our conversation yesterday, we were going to talk about what women want in manufacturing. And based on what we talked about yesterday, I looked beyond. And I feel like we peeled back a couple layers of the onion to get to a more core issue. And it doesn't just affect women. It affects really everybody. Um, men, people of color, whatever you want to you know, fill in the blank. So what we're going to talk about today is really seeing the person in front of you and to stop labeling right when we label somebody we instantly make a judgment we instantly want to fit them into a stereotype that we're comfortable with and familiar with it's like a compartmentalization and then we feel comfortable because we can put them in there and then we can either dismiss them or we can hire them and feel good about our decision so let's jump into that because the thing that you brought up to me and Ta-da. it really struck a chord is when somebody let's say a, let's just use a woman as an example because you you talk to a lot of women that's your core um, I feel like your core audience and and um, purpose but Women can be dismissed, let's say in an interview, because number one, they're female. There's some kind of stigma maybe with the person interviewing, not everybody, but let's say this this happens a lot. And then somebody looks at them and decides, are they good looking or not? We know this happens regularly and with all people. Right? Are they are they skinny or fat? Are they good looking or ugly? Are they is there something unappealing or appealing to me, the person looking at them? I make this snap judgment without even realizing it. And then I I I want you to talk about some of the other things that people how they label, especially in manufacturing, that really is a shame because the person that's sitting across from you or that's across from you on a screen and you're interviewing them, there's a lot more depth to them. And I think our message today is going to be really see, right? Look beyond the resume, look beyond the figure, right? The body and really see what is that depth and experience. So I want you to chime in here because you're the one that sparked this for me and for this episode. I know you have a lot to say
0: yeah so i've had a lot of conversations uh, with women who felt like they've been kind of overlooked done
1: stunt-
0: oh not overlooked but also stunted because you know like one conversation that i had um they basically said that they were talking to a gentleman in engineering and manufacturing and it was a a, a leader A person who owned a company and, you know, top level wanted wanting to make money because that's what leaders do. They have to figure out, okay, how do we keep this wheel spinning because we need to make money not just to keep the doors open, but also keep these employees employed. So when they're looking for people to seek advice from or expertise from, they're looking for someone who has that knowledge base. Right. So if you're going off looks alone and someone who could be like my I'll use myself as an example because I'm always told that I look younger than what I am so I'm 40 years old I have three kids when I tell people I have a 20 year almost 20 year old they almost like lose their damn mind because they're just like did you have her when you were like five like how did this happen so I think when you look at a person and you assume that they're young Mm -hmm. then you make the assumption that they don't have the expertise or the experience, or like the language, like they just don't have enough time in the industry to really know what they're talking about. And yes, I can understand that point, that perspective to a point, like someone that's just getting out of college and not really knowing Mm -hmm. what to do or whatever, you don't want to like have them make any of the major decisions of the company before they get some, you know, experience totally get it but when you're making it off when you're basing your assumptions just off of looks alone without having conversation with a person with a person first it could be really detrimental and um the the conversation that i was having basically this gentleman was like if i can see gray hair or wrinkle on a wrinkles on a woman then i'm making the assumption that they're older and that they've been into the industry longer so i'm going to trust them more and I'm just like, it's such an interesting perspective. It kind of got under my skin a little bit, but I get, I understand where they're coming from. Like, I get it. Like they want someone who's been around and knows what they're doing and talking about. But for me, what drives me crazy, and I'm not the only woman that it drives crazy. It seems like women have to prove themselves more regardless of what their experience is. and. The only reason why I'm comfortable enough to say that is because I've had conversations with other women where they're like, I have a master's degree and when I get into this meeting, they're not talking to me directly. They're talking to the guy next to me right, who has five years less experience than I do. Like I'm training this guy and they're directing their conversation to him and then he's just like, I don't know, ask her. She's She's seniority, I'm not. So it's, it, it's really frustrating. I have a friend, too, who uh, owns a business with her husband. And she put as much blood, sweat, and tears in that business as he did. And anytime she would go out, they always talked to her husband before her. And they would ask her him questions. And he was just like, I don't know. Ask my wife. Like, that's what she takes care of. So it's just like... They assume. They assume, like it's the secretary or something and not saying that secretaries are not important. They are, but there's this assumption where, you know, if we really want answers and we really want things to get done, then we're immediately going to go to whoever the dominant figure is or whatever. And most of the time that's a man. And it's not always (laughs) the case. So I recommend to people if there's like multiple people in the room, so I look, Focus on just one person. Mm -hmm. When you're, and you can see this from a lot of great leaders. Like I noticed that the best leaders out there, they involve everyone in the conversation. Yeah. The titles and the hierarchies, it doesn't matter. They're looking at every single person and they're making sure that everyone is on the same page. They call people out who might have their arms folded and might be standing in the background. Like really good leaders don't make assumptions. They make sure they're communicating with everybody and making everybody feel like they're on the same team and on the same page. So if you if there's two people that you're talking to, make sure you're making eye contact to both of them. When you ask a question, make sure you're looking at both of them and asking that question and say, hey, what do you two think or what do both of you think? Like Include everyone in that conversation and then... It's not coming across as you value one person's opinion over the other. You're not thinking that one is the expert and the other. Because generally what happens if it is someone who is inexperienced and they don't know the answer, they're going to be like, I have no idea. Like, I'm going to need to follow up with someone or you need to ask this person because they're seniority over me. Because I do that all the time when people are like, hey, do you know this answer? I'm like, no, I'll go find it though. Or ask this person. They know better than I do. So when you stop making assumptions and just try to include people, people tend to be more comfortable with saying, I don't know. Like right. this isn't my area's expertise.
1: Yes, I love that. Um and I wanna I wanna hear <clears throat> from you listening or watching this, you know, leave a comment or I, I really wanna know. And, and I'll be sharing this with Megan, because I know she wants to know too. Maybe you've been, uh, I I want to hate to use the word victim. Maybe you have fallen victim to this kind of labeling or assumption, you know, assuming, or maybe you've been the person who was, who did this. I think we all have been guilty of this. I I, I can be the first (laughs) one to raise my hand. Absolutely. So it's not any kind of finger pointing, but I think it's a awareness which is always the first step and then a realization of being more mindful and you know catching ourselves when we're doing it because we don't want to be treated that way either Mm -hmm. and
0: i I, have a real great example with that so with me personally when i first started out in this industry back in 2008 i remember when i my very first trade show, my boss was like, you need to just maintain your professionalism. And I'm like, I have no idea what that means. Okay. But when I walked in, I think I was one of three women in the entire trade show floor. Uh-huh. And yeah. um, the other two were like working the booth, not as an employee, but just to generate traffic to the booth. Like they're very gorgeous women. Um, so I got used to assuming that any woman in the a, in a booth was a hired model to just mm. generate traffic and then I went to one show I think it was like IMTS or something like that I went to a bigger trade show and I stopped at a booth I immediately skipped over the woman and I had to she was the person I was actually looking for I immediately skipped over her <laughs> because I my mind was like no that's that's one of the models they're not gonna know what you're talking about. And i went straight to the guy and they're like oh yeah you're looking for our president there she is and i was like whoa okay so i got like programmed to assume that any woman working in the booth back in that day was just a model hired and then so now i try to like approach the first person whether it's a a male or female i try to approach the first person that i see and just start up a conversation and then I'm like, okay, is so-and-so here, who can I talk to about this? And then I I try to avoid that happening again. But even I like fell victim to like the whole program thing. It was, it was crazy.
1: <laughs> well, you know, this, you mentioned the gray hair and the being older. I have spoken with a number of older uh, people in this industry and I think this, the same stigma is actually starting to, I think the tides could even be turning in some instances where, you know, especially for hiring. And this is where I've had these conversations where some, let's say it's a salesperson. They've been in the industry for 30 plus years.
0: Mm -hmm. Seasoned,
1: they're brilliant. They've honed their craft. They would be an amazing hire. And they get looked over or passed over because they the company hires someone younger yeah and it's like ugh, you know and this these people have been so frustrated because they have years of experience they're not one foot in the grave they're not going to retire in five years they've still got you know some longevity And they could bring so much to the table, but they get passed over because they're too old.
0: Right. Well, and I've, I've seen that and I've heard several reasons of why companies do that. Mm -hmm. So some companies want to mold their workforce Mm -hmm. to be the experts in their niche and they find it easier to do that if it's someone younger with a lack of experience. Because then they're starting from scratch, right? And then they're training them and like teaching them their jargon and how they do things and just their routine. So it's easier to do that with someone younger than it is with someone who's a veteran, you know, who's um, already set right, who's already done that. But also too, with experience comes a higher salary. So if it's a company that's trying to save money. they're not going to want that seasoned veteran because then they have to pay them what they're worth. And some companies just don't want to do that. Like, like, Let's be honest. And everyone now, especially with the way our economy is, like, you can't really like, blame them, but um, it's easier to start new and fresh and then build up to where you want to be and kind of control the spending that way than it is with someone who's been in the industry a really long time. It still sucks though because... I feel like if you can invest in some of those seasoned veterans, the more profit you could make because it's going to be easier for them to start selling right away than someone younger and less experienced. But again, I'm making assumptions. (laughs) Well, uh, right. And, and I, I have,
1: I don't know, I don't want to say fallen victim again. I hate that I have experienced this myself. <clears throat> where and actually on both sides of the coin. Like when I first started out in this industry, you know, in uh, design and marketing, I was young and I looked younger like you not me anymore, but back then I did. Um no, but I you know and and I would walk into a company and I had this one guy who was kind of a kind of a competitor he would walk in now this is a this is a dual thing the young but then the also the male female and the kind of i don't know what you call it he would walk in in khaki shorts tennis shoes a blue button down button downs hanging out he'd walk in and he was Joe cool and that was acceptable and i would walk in like dressed to the nines because otherwise it was You're a female, you look young. And if I walked in in shorts and tennis shoes, I I mean, seriously, I wouldn't have been taken seriously. So I used to get really frustrated with that situation. Now that was 30 years ago. So, but the other thing that, that I experienced a lot was the young thing versus the old thing. So when you're Mm -hmm. too young, people assume, like you said, that you don't know enough. So they might overlook you, pass that judgment, make an assumption, and look elsewhere. Now, I've been in the industry for 30 years. I have been passed over for so-and-so's uh, nephew, believe it or not, who took you know design and, and, and web classes in school. Actually, this was probably about 15 years ago come to think of it. And they went with the nephew who, you know, and I thought, you've got to be kidding me right now. You've got to be kidding me. This kid does not have the skills, you know, (laughs) and it was very frustrating. But what I learned from it is that they simply weren't the right fit for me and my company. If that's the choice they were going to make, then I hope that that was good for them. So I think maybe sometimes we need to look at if we're in a situation where this is happening today, maybe that uh, employer that we're trying to go after, maybe they're just not the right fit and that's okay too. Or yeah. maybe it's not the right client or customer. I don't know. What do you think about this, about all those? Things?
0: No, I I definitely think it's a two-way street because you know I think people get in the mindset that once you're in a company, you're stuck somehow. And just through my experience, because I used to think that way too. I used to think, well, I can't lose this job because there's no other place for me to go or work or do or whatever. Um, There's so many job openings right now. And I think one of the biggest things that would probably prevent anyone from going anywhere is just because they have a family and they don't want to move where they're already at. Um, But again you have to kind of switch your perspective so i used to be in a dark place all the time like i was always mad and angry and sad and depressed and um it's something that i have to work on every day because i have clinical depression but when you switch your perspective and just start telling yourself this didn't happen because something else greater is supposed to happen so um i got fired from one of my jobs and it was a blessing in disguise. I did, At the time, I didn't know it was, but it was a blessing in disguise because if I never would have got fired from that place, memons would have never happened. I would have never went down the route that I went to start memeing. So when you start thinking more positively, it's so weird because when people told me this, at, at first, I was just like, you're so full of shit. Like, <laughs> There's no way this happens. But when you start thinking more positively and seeing like the good that yeah. you're doing for other people, more good energy comes your way and more opportunities open up to you and I thought people were so full of crap when they told me that but when you stop like feeling sorry for yourself and making yourself the victim and just start being the change for some of these things yeah it, it's amazing how the universe repays you back and um it's hard yes it it definitely can be a struggle and it can be stressful but from from someone that is experienced and I have a lot of friends who have experienced it too it's just amazing to see like how much better of a human being they are because they were like oh this sucks and i'm struggling and then but now they're to the point where they're just like holy crap it was all for a reason like i went through that struggle to get to where i'm at so um yes I've, i've seen that whole i've i've worked for several family businesses and it's definitely an interesting dynamic because it's a family business and that's their baby and they don't want anything to mess it up. So if you're outside of the family, um, it can kind of put you in a rough spot because there is that level of trust that they don't have with outsiders versus anyone who's part of the family. So, um, I get that. Like (laughs) I've seen that happen where they've hired someone within the family who was less experienced, but if you just tell yourself, okay, this was meant to be the way that it was supposed to be, because now I can focus on this or now I can go here. Um, You definitely need to know what your core values are. You definitely need to know what you're passionate about. And you can pick who you work for. Like you can decide where you go. And it's the same thing for employers. Like if there's someone that comes through your doors that just doesn't fit your company culture, don't hire them. Because If they don't fit your company culture, if they don't fit your core values, they're not gonna be happy and that can really put a wrench in all of your processes and your company culture. So you wanna, it's a compatibility thing and both employees and employers are responsible for that, in my opinion. Some people may disagree with me and say, well, no, a job's a job and I need it. Yeah, a job is a job, but it's easier to get through life when you're doing something that you're happy with and you love than it is just pushing through something. And I'm only saying that because I've experienced it myself or like I just stuck with a job because I thought that's what I had to do. And you don't have to do that at all.
1: Well, I feel like, okay, three things came out of what you just said. One, we're going to do a whole nother episode on (laughs) the universe and how everything does happen and it's to your benefit. So like, this is a whole nother episode. Okay. So we're going to do that at another time. Two, we're going to do a whole nother episode on family business. Cause I know most people listening will have a lot to chime in on and we've all experienced it and it's a very uh, special dynamic. So that's two, three, tying back to the labeling. I think what, one of the things we can take away from this episode is that. Let's say that you are, you do fall prey or fall victim to be, this judgment, this labeling. Somebody didn't see the depth. I think one of the things we can take away from this is that, yes, it may not be fair. Two, it's probably not going to stop happening anytime soon. And three, it's best how you... um how you work through what happened and how your perspective and I think it's better to be positive instead of oh I can't believe you know and get all disgruntled and you know I should have gotten that job I should have look at it as a gift right it's all perspective and I think that's incredibly important
0: Emily, Sharon, I'm really a Sarah I'm popular opinion um, okay. and I'm like saying that it's unpopular because I've gotten yelled at before when I told it to other people but I had somebody uh, recently just get on my Facebook messenger and yell at me because apparently I didn't respond quick enough to their message and they like were calling me rude and superficial and fake and I was just like what the hell did I do wrong like what did I do to you and they're like, you didn't respond right away and you're snippety and you're this and that and I'm like okay first off it's social media chill out right. second off how you read my comments that i'm typing out on a computer is on you that's not on me i could have been perfectly polite but you were having some kind of day and you read it the wrong way I interpreted
1: so, mm-hmm.
0: yeah i was like so that's on you and i i learned this a long time ago from one of my uh high school teachers and it made me angry when she said it because she was right. And that's why I was there because I was like, oh, you got a point. She said, no one makes you mad. No one makes you mad or angry or sad. You allow them to make you feel that way. So what, how will your mood change if you say, okay, I'm allowing this person to make me feel this way. What is truly going on? Why am I feeling this way? What What's at the root problem? And she's so out. like, why do people make you angry? Why are you allowing them to make you angry? Why are you allowing them to invade your peace? So this year has been a great year because, uh, as you mentioned before, I was going through a divorce and it was tough. Like, it was hard. And I was so angry at my ex. Like, I was letting that get to me. The moment I decided to forgive him and not allow our situation to affect me anymore, everything changed. It was incredible. So when I look at something now that didn't go the way that I expected it to go, I'm just like, "Huh. Oh, maybe it's because something else needs to happen before I get to that point." So it makes me less cop like less stress, makes me more calm, makes me happier. And I'm enjoying life a hell of a lot more than I used to when I was just like, this person made me mad. No, I just allowed them to get under my skin because there's something deep rooted in me. Like I have a lot of trauma, like, and that's a whole nother conversation. Like I have a lot of trauma and it took me a while to understand that I was letting my trauma subconsciously like affect how it's going day by day. So once I figured that out, now i'm learning how to control my emotions a little bit more and taking a step back and breathing and understanding why certain things are affecting me the way that they are and then i can overcome it and be a lot happier and focus on the good parts of life because it's life is so dang good and i think people just focus on so many negative things that they just get in this rut this cycle of negativity and i'm just not going to do that anymore because i Absolutely sure. We only die once. <laughs> we yeah. only die once, so like you got to make every one. That that's my soapbox for today. <laughs>
1: well, I just want to say thank you, everyone, <laughs> for listening to Therapy Hour with Allison and Megan. <laughs> Join us next week. <laughs> Talk about no. So, and I'm not making fun of you. Uh, this is this was so multifaceted this episode, of- and so just to recap, I would love to encourage you listening or watching to be mindful of this problem that we have. It's very pervasive. I think Megan and I talked yesterday and we didn't really get into it as much today, but things are changing in the manufacturing industry. Things are changing. Changing, um, I want to say, for women, being obviously we have been a minority, if you will, but there are also things that aren't changing very quickly. And I think what we're talking about today is one of those things. And again, it affects not just women, it affects all of us. So what we could take away from this is to, number one, catch yourself. Right, Catch yourself when you make that snap judgment, whether you're interviewing somebody, it could be in any situation. It could be just a social media like you brought up. Um, am I making a judgment? And how about if I look beyond? How about if I really see that person for their experience and their character and all the other things that are truly important? And if you're the person on the receiving end, and this happens to you, it's probably for your benefit. And if you can reframe the rejection, let's say that you get rejected, reframe it as such, it will change your life. I think Megan and I are living proof. And is there anything you want to add, Megan, before we wrap up to that? Yeah,
0: I think One of the things I would like to add, and this is for both sides of the coin, if you're one that's making the assumptions or you're on the side of receiving the judgment, like as engineers and manufacturers and as uh, people who make things with our hands and build things, like we're naturally curious human beings. Like that's why a lot of engineers and manufacturers entered into this sector. They love asking the question why. They love challenging things and they love figuring things out. So just keep being curious about things and don't automatically assume the negative and, you know, have those crucial conversations. I think we've gotten to a point in society where everybody's so scared of offending people that we stopped having crucial dialogue. So I would highly recommend reading the book crucial conversations because it helps us put ourselves out of that personal space and look at it from a different perspective And if you're on the receiving end of things, it's okay for you to say, hey, I took this this way. Is that what you meant? Oh, excellent. Yes. Oh, okay. Um, If you did mean it that way, I don't like that personally. Let's figure out how we can approach it a different way and set that boundary. But don't do it where you're like yelling and screaming because when people start yelling and screaming at each other, they stop listening to understand and they only listen to reply. So you really got to be able to sit back and have that two-way respect. And it's okay to agree to disagree. like It's okay to do that, but do it in a respectful manner. So I definitely recommend reading that book, Crucial Conversations, and just keeping the dialogue open.
1: I love that. Well, so I can't wait until we record the other two episodes that I mentioned
0: earlier. <laughs> I really want to come do an on-site recording with you, so we can just drink a beer or something while we're having a conversation. I that would be I totally know. fun. <laughs>
1: um. Yeah. No. There's so many things I could say about that too. So uh, we'll wrap up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, little sister, for being here.
0: Thank you, and big sister.
1: Thank you for what you're doing in the world it uh it's not going unnoticed and your growth and you're putting yourself out there and you know i see you wading through the cement and coming out on the other side so thank you for thank that you. thank you for your courage and thank you for you listening or watching tuning into this we see you megan and <laughs> i talk to a lot of you we interview you we write about you we admire you And we wanna tell you, thank you. The work that you do in this world matters a great deal. And if nobody tells you this week, you are seen, you are heard, you are felt, and we appreciate you. So subscribe if you're not already, leave a review if you haven't yet, let other people know that this is worth tuning into. And everybody keep manufacturing out loud. We really do need you. Thanks, everybody. Yep. Until next time. If you're not already, subscribe to the Manufacturing Masters podcast on Apple Music or Spotify. And for a deeper dive, head on over to manufacturing-masters.com. It's everything they never taught you in school.